That waitress sized us up in two seconds. We're black and black people don't tip. So she wasn't gonna waste her time? Now somebody like that, nothing you could do to change their mind. So, uh, how much did you need? You expect me to pay for that kind of service? <laughs> what? What the fuck is you laughing at, man? <laughs> Black Guy with Tips Podcast with your host Rod and Karen. And we're back for another episode flying as a duo. I guess I can't really say solo. No. Well, well, I guess they said marriage. You are one unit, so we are solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no guests today, but nope. uh, you know, we're going to try to make up some shit to talk about, keep you guys entertained for a little bit. Yep. Uh, whether you're sitting at the on the 9 to 5 board or you're on your drive to your 9 to 5 or you're at the gym. Uh, just try to keep you guys entertained, man. Um, don't forget you can leave us comments. You can go to Podomatic, you can go to iTunes, and you can go to Facebook. Just search for The Black Guy With Tips on all of those sites. And you can uh, also go to theblackguywithtips.blogspot.com. And you can leave us comments on our episodes if you feel like chiming in or leaving us feedback. Hold on. So make sure you guys uh, go ahead and handle that. Make sure you uh, leave us some comments because we do read them and we do respond. And we actually have a lot of comments to go through today. Cool. You can also leave us a voicemail. The voicemail line is 704-557-0186. Just don't say anything crazy or we'll get your number out. So don't call up here trying to talk. Fuck you, all this stuff. Because we will either delete it and not play it or I will give you a number out and tell everybody to give you a call. But at least if you do, man, we'll respect you better if you just tell us why. I mean, it ain't like we don't find you shooting at the Taliban. Just don't do nothing <laughs> stupid like that. I think these nerds just want attention. They just want somebody that can be like, oh, you know, I told that motherfucker, fuck you. And, you know, they're not, you know, it's just like they feel some type of control. It's the same way that dudes that can't uh, interact with women in real life go online and talk about... You know, Liz's locker room ain't even that fine or some shit. You're just like, okay, yeah. all right, I get it, nerd. Um, 
Alright, so speaking of voicemail, let's get into this right away and play some voicemails for the people. Okay. Well, Larry, man, it's your favorite caller. Once again, it's Larry, man. Uh, I was listening to the podcast as usual, getting the work on. Well, sending the work. <laughs> I get away with And uh, I heard y'all talking about the Bojangles commercial and the taser, and the guy had like ski mask on, criminal in this case. And it got me to thinking, like, whatever, I didn't see the actual commercial, but I'm willing to bet that the dude who was the criminal was white. And I'm yeah. like, what happened to the black criminal? Like, we done got so, you know, PC and scared that they won't make commercials or like, you know, any images of black people, like, you know, committing crimes and shit like that. And I'm like, come on, man. For the hood, niggas do commit crimes. I mean, I understand we ain't got to be in every commercial, but, you know, sprinkle it in here and there. We still get it in. But, uh, anyways, man, you let me know what you think. I want to know what happened to black criminals and media. All right, later on. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, first of all, thank you for the call, Larry. Um, I think that what happened is that we got so PC uh, about racial issues. Because remember how that one podcast we talked about how you couldn't make the movie Blazing Saddles today, even though it's one of the funniest. Oh, no. Yeah, it's one of the funniest movies of all time. But the way it approaches the topic of race and the jokes that they make, the words that they use, people are, are so sensitive at this point, they would simply... Uh, say it's a racist movie and move on, you know? It's the same way some people call Tosh.0 uh, Daniel Tosh's comedy racist comedy. And he's just a very funny dude to me. Yeah, I don't feel like it's racist. Me either. Uh, and I, it's really hard to determine what is and isn't racist, but it, I don't feel like it's coming from this place of I'm superior to you. I feel like no. he would make any joke and uh, normally to me the jokes aren't as simple as watermelon or you know no whatever they're well thought out and on top of that a lot of i think a lot of people in our society today can't deal with flat blank um smack you in your face jokes when it comes to certain things it's like you said so and so so and so but that's what it is and i'm making fun of it but when you don't uh, dance around the bush people have issues with certain jokes yeah I'm actually uh, more um, offended or I just notice more things about race uh, that are more subliminal than that but it is funny how um, and the other trend I notice in commercials you have a lot of the black guy telling the white guy what to do type commercials like white guy comes in looking for a TV says something funny or acts, acts stupid then the black guy who works there always comes over. He's like, sir, let me tell you about our products. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it, the black dude always knows the answer, you know. Or uh, commercials where you would think of a cliche like, okay, the black person in this commercial will be the one with the fucked up credit. And, but it's yeah. always the black person that actually is telling the white person how to get their credit right. Like, we just, we've completely gone opposite just yeah. because of racism. I think the same thing that happened to the criminals in commercials is the same thing that happened to uh, black fathers in commercials, too. They want to act like it don't exist. Well, there, to be fair, there's only one commercial that I've seen where the black father isn't there. And that's that, that chicken commercial mm-hmm. where the wife, the woman works real hard, comes home. And, and I... Brings brings food for the whole family, and they just never mentioned what happened to the father or anything. 
And uh, what I found odd about that was subliminally, I get that they're saying we're trying to target this demographic of fatherless children, husbandless women, uh, families with no dad. But I was kind of like, yeah, but in your commercials, specifically your commercials, you're not making social commentary. All you're doing is trying to suck people off with this image of what they would like to be. You never see a fat person eating Bojangles, even though Bojangles will make you fat. So why are we drawing the line now and going, well, when it comes to a black family, there's isn't, you know, let's let's be real. Let's it's time to be real about what's going on. Take the father out the picture. It's like, okay, now that's kind of bullshit, you know? Because you you're just trying too hard to go against the grain of what you've been doing, which is selling a vision of, you know, uh, a dream. Selling that's a dream. True. So, and, and on top of that, I, like I said, I've seen other commercials. Like I've seen a Jiffy commercial where a mother uh, had sent her daughter like a present or something like that, and she was telling her, uh, you know, thank you for the gift. And I know it's not a big thing, but I was like, you know what? Well, I couldn't have been her dad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, honestly. What 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 station was it? Was it on one of those girly channels? Probably was like HGTV. I know you watch uh, Hot and Gay. TV. I do the decorating so, stuff. Yes, I mean I do. it could have been that too that they knew no oh, men was watching. Yeah, uh, my 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 bad guys, my bad. I I gotta remember everything ain't like the ox. But yeah, I did notice that same thing. Uh, every commercial with a criminal is a white dude. Even though security commercials now, it's always some white dude that actually looks like. He probably has a real job breaking into a house. Some of them ADT commercials where if one is like a real big black dude and one is like a, another a big white dude. Yeah, yeah, and they stand there and they supposed to be like the alarm system mm-hmm. and they be like doing stupid stuff like high fiving each other and throwing the white stuff. dude out. Yeah, and, and, and my thing about it is truthfully, let's keep it real. A lot, I think a lot of these commercials. A lot of white folks are scared of niggas breaking in their stuff, so they want to make an imaginary world where when it comes to crime, we don't commit them. I don't think that's it at all, baby. I really do think that they're saying we're scared to put a black criminal in our commercial because people will get outraged. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, and and, okay, in that instance, I agree. I think that um, when it comes to race, some people are so. Uh, borderline sensitive to they might even run into a lawsuit if they do that because a lot of right. people say you're stereotyping you know you make it seems like black people commit all these crimes but statistically uh, we commit a higher percentage of them we don't commit all of them but you know in their eyes they want to kind of stay away from all the politically correct uh, people and you know when you when you got the NAACP out there standing for crap that don't even matter no more versus real you know civil right issues you know that's that's the kind of stuff that they would get on top of which would be dumb. Yeah, I still like uh, the PC world though. I do like the idea that these ad people take into account. Let's not get into just making a bunch of black stereotypes, making everything negative. I do like that, but yeah, it, it's not realistic at all. Um, and it's always a nigger crime that the white person is committing. It's like breaking into a house in the broad day. The one, the commercial I like the most though, that is kind of stereotype, but for white people is, it makes no sense, but the girl goes on a date, the guy's all nice, and then he's like, okay, well, um, I'll see you, uh, can I come in? She's like, no, I don't feel like that. I, I, I just broke up with my boyfriend, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, cool. And so she goes into the house, and once she goes into the house and sets the alarm, her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, 
is like standing at the patio and tries to break in the house to get to her and the alarm goes off and then he runs off and then the other dude like comes in and is like hey is everything okay that one is more and it's all white people but that one actually is more believable of like yeah it, will, it might be all white people you know yeah and now if that one would have had a black person then it would have felt a little forced um <laughs> Alright, so let's go to the next one. Yeah, I now. think it would oh. be, because he'd be like, a uh, bitch, didn't he just tell me leave you alone? <laughs> Alright, here we go. You guys are awesome. Hey, the shortest voicemail ever, and it was positive. Thank you. Thank you very much. We also believe we are awesome. Here's another one. First of all, I ain't donating shit to y'all. Nah, I'm joking. Y'all show's real good, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> 2-1. Uh, first thing I got to comment on, man, is Karen's laugh, dog. I mean, that laugh is like Nelson's laugh off, off the business, dog. That laugh is crazy, bro. <laughs> Second thing I want to comment on is just uh, what you guys really think about a lot of these kind of like, you know, female bashing, uh, black women bashing type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got a little shorty, so I don't really be paying attention to all that. But, I mean, you know, it's it really crazy when you see chicks not giving niggas a time of day because the nigga don't meet a certain uh, I guess criteria she's looking for mm-hmm. you know and I just want to know what your opinion and Karen's opinion I know y'all married and all but what's your honest opinion on you know uh, the, the stigma that black women have as far as you know not being approachable or you know being a you know a, a bitch because even on a family guy there was an episode where Cleveland had a little girlfriend and, you know, she had the whole neck snapping shit going on. You know what I mean? It's crazy, man. But that boy's got a good show. You know what I'm saying? Unemployment money ever hit. Now I'm lying. I got a job. But if I ever get a little extra change, you know, black black guy who tips. You know what I'm saying? I got a little ties for you. That boy. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks, Thelonious21. Uh, I believe that's his screen name. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. Um, first of all... Uh, Yes, Karen's laugh is epic. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's one of the things that I love about Karen, and uh, one of the, you know, one of the, she likes to laugh, and she has a great I laugh. Do. So uh, it's one of the reasons I can do this thing because I like to see her laugh. So I don't mind being funny for my wife. Um, as far as the black women bashing thing, um, it's it's a weird thing where you mostly see it online, like. You don't normally see people just openly talk this way. And maybe those people just aren't in my circle. But I don't see people just talking like this reckless all the time. But online, it's like the, the secrets come out. Uh, my, my personal opinion about that is that I think through the news media and the way a lot of black women portray themselves. And don't get me wrong, there are some ghetto fire, country, downright niggerish black women out there. That when men approach them, they're nasty, they're mean, they're rude. They really, really are. But if you talk to the average black female that has some level of education and she has a real job and she's doing it for herself, and like for me, uh, I personally, and my husband tells me that I am too nice. I am basically one of the nicest black people you will ever meet. Like I, we would be in the bar, we was at the bar, I think last year, the year before last, watching football, and I turned around, was talking to this man for like 20 minutes. And the rest of the dudes I tapped out, do she know him? My husband's like, nah, she just talks to anybody. So, but but that's just me and my personality, you know, I'm not going to be mean, I'm not going to be rude, but I think some women get 
a power trip over being able to tell a man, you know, no, it's almost like for well, this one split second I have, you know, domain over you when it's not really that I think, important to me. I think also black culture, we have a lot of um, insecurity in our culture because our family unit has always been flawed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, people blame this generation for the fatherless uh, households, but there was an entire generation before us that really dropped the ball as soon as they got, uh, as soon as they could. You know, a lot of fathers just walked away from their families, walked away from their kids, and left people to fend for themselves. And so I think we have this like hyper misogynistic culture on the male side, and then we have this hyper like independent to a fault culture on the female side yeah now i'm not saying that uh, everyone's like that i'm generalizing of course a lot of exceptions across the board but if you want to look at you know our music our, our our movies our our tv shows and like how we play out so many of our issues are like a hate or angst against the other sex and it's a game that i just don't want to play I, I refuse to play it like I said, I might be a horrible single person because I don't hate women. I don't hate yeah. black women specifically. I love them, and uh, I'm just—I'm never gonna be that dude that's able to just be like, man, all these bitches just hold and walk away. Yeah, and and, and I think me too. I, I think if I was single, I would be terrible. Um, I would probably be by myself, and it would just be because there'll be so many, you know, people out there, like he said, to come in, come in wanting to run stuff, wanting to, you know, be the man, and it's okay to want to be the man, but to be the man, there are certain um, characteristic standards. And, yeah, and people have issues, and they also think that a relationship, it's so childish, but people have these relationship ideas, like it's about control, it's about telling somebody what, what to do. do, it's about running game, it's about this, so... I, to get back to his question, I think the bashing comes from the insecurity that men have about black women, especially with them being in a position now where they're going to school more than us, they're making money more than us, they're going to prison less than us. Um, so we have these like stigmas and fears about can I be a man and be with a woman who makes more than me or is smarter than me or whatever. And then you also have this other type of situation where I think women have formed their own like female clique where it's like yeah. you know all this Beyonce independent woman type music yeah. and fuck a man I don't need them type shit is also part of the problem because yeah. they have a gap where it's like I'm reacting to you and you're reacting to me and both sides are like yeah fuck y'all so you end up with people saying stuff like oh white women great black women suck or you know, all black women are mean, and you know these dudes. These dudes is the only place they can really get control is on the internet talking shit about black women. Yeah, and and to me it causes a lot of issues because it's 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 bad though. But I know for me and Roderick, um, a lot of our, our white friends. I know truthfully, I'm probably one of the only black female a lot of them even hang around with or even associate with. And I break a lot of those stereotypes. And a lot of them, you know, they be like, Rod, you know, your wife is she's nice, she's sweet. He be like, yeah. And I'm like, like I said, a lot of it has to do because I don't fall into that trap, you know. I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I don't want to be alone. I can't speak for all these independent folks out there. You know, I, I, I do, you know, want to be with somebody. I do want to be with one person, you know. I, I don't meet the, the standard genre of, you know, I can do it on my own. I know I can do it on my own, but life is easier with somebody else in it. I just think also that's where the insecurity comes in because I don't think a lot of these people want to be alone. I just think that that's their reaction to the possibility of being alone. It's like, 
uh, it's almost like relationship suicide. Like, yeah. I, if I'm gonna possibly be alone my whole life, then fuck it, I don't need a man. I'll just, you know, and you see these women like almost turn into men sometimes, or it's just yeah, like my entire sexuality is about the male male aggressiveness. Yeah. You know, I fuck these dudes, they don't fuck me. I'll cut them off. I'll do, and it's like, okay, cool. You want to be a dude? I, if that's the, what this is driving you to, that's cool. But it's. Elo and maybe I'm a simp, but it's just hard for me to believe that all these women are simply like my entire being is now masculine because I am alone. You know? No, sir. I am 100% woman, all coochie, all breasts. I like penis, and it's just that simple <laughs> to me. Um. Anyway. Um, uh, so anyway. Um, don't forget the unofficial sport of the podcast is bullet ball. Yes, sir. And the official weapon of the podcast is the taser. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So um, you can also post our podcast on your Facebook page. Just go to Podomatic, copy the link for that episode, paste it in your status, hit uh, it, uh, you know, send or whatever. That will show up on your Facebook page as a player. You can hit play and listen to it. All your friends can listen to it on your page. Uh, it's pretty awesome, and we love it when people do stuff like that. We do, guys. So let's get more into this fan interaction that we're dealing with. Cool. Um... We were on an Insanity Report today. Yes, we had a good time. So check out the Insanity Check podcast uh, that uh, you should be able to find on iTunes. And uh, you can also go to, I think it's the InsanityCheck.com or InsanityReport.com. Either way, man, we were on this podcast today and we had a great time. So thank you, Chris. We will have you on here soon. Yes, I, we will. I got to figure a way out. I will, it will happen. All right. Um. The warehouse.blogspot and the warehouse is spelled T-H-E-W-A-R-E-H-O-U-S dot blogspot.com. They had me featured on there as the Twitter person of the week. Cool. So, um, you know, I really appreciate that, man. Um, uh, this guy's his Twitter name is Carolina Ware. And um, let me just read what he wrote. Um, Twitter person of the week, Rodimus Prime. Man, this cat based out of the Queen City in NC is hilarious. Dope-ass blog, even doper podcast series. I have featured the podcast here before. I'm going to give you a sample of his latest. If you like this, you should follow his stream. Honest, informative, and usually straight to the point. He is a good addition to your timeline. What is even better is that he doesn't bitch and moan when you don't agree. You can actually have this thing called a discussion with him, and we all know how rare those are. And uh, I appreciate that, man. I really do pride myself on the ability to conversate with people. I know that's not a word. To talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) To talk to people on Twitter or, well, not Facebook as much, but Twitter or the message boards and not get very emotional about it, not try to demean them. Um, Anything that is said that might be derogatory is pretty much jokes. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, I try to keep it light because at the end of the day, I just realized changing one person's mind, if that is possible, is not going to happen from you yelling at them Mm. and calling them names. And it's normally, you know, it's never a big enough disagreement between two like-minded people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's normally nuances of a debate that people are getting caught up about and then they start jumping into these extremes like this dude is the worst ever this dude is the best ever it's like okay i get it so um you know i do appreciate that man thank you shout out to carolina web uh we also had some message board uh questions cool and some emails all All right right. let's get into them mastermind 84 another good good discussion 
how anyone could not take a shower after working out and he has like a smirk face and a sad face. I do too. I look at people like that too. I also agree with the earlier comment about Karen's laugh. It is immense. Her accent is sweet. Do you guys have a guest host this episode? Do rarely talk. This is the episode with Cross. Uh, yeah, he was on there, man. He didn't have a lot to say, but uh, he was laughing. And he had a good time. Uh, I also want to clarify myself. When I say Cat was not attractive, uh, I actually meant that she was not attractive in the sense that I would wipe her or even walk around with her. But she is attractive in the physical sense. Most of these girls are like that, says the one or two who are just not attractive to me. Uh, this leads to an industry question that me and my girl came up with. Who on the Bad Girls Club would you actually wife or could be friends with if you had to choose? Me and my girl said Leah, even though she is a cheater and a stupid one at that. She actually comes across uh -huh. a bit sensible. Anyway, keep up the good work. I can't wait to listen to the next episode. Um, If you could pick one of these girls to wife on the Bad Girl Club, who would it be? I have no idea. I know the answer. None of them bitches. They only look normal. The episodes where the other bitches is the craziest. So don't yeah. don't get fooled, man. I told y'all before. Here's the formula. One chick goes crazy, and while the other chick is going crazy, they cut to these clips of the chicks sitting in a confessional room while they're saying, I'll calm down and shit, talking about the other chicks. And, of course, they sound normal. Then they're like... You know, Kat really has an anger problem. I don't understand why she does that. But if you just fast forward 10 minutes or to the next episode, the chick that was just in that chair is the one breaking dishes and yelling at people and wanting to cut somebody. So you can't get, don't get fooled, Mastermind. All these women are unwifeable on this show. This is a great observation for single dudes and for dudes that aren't married to learn the signs of crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then yeah. use it in your own life. You can pick up like, run, oh. Run, nigga. Run. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's see. Mr. Hate Coffee. I'm only a few minutes in, but I'm glad to see someone else keeping lo keeps losing to Bluetooth besides me. Whoever can invent a Bluetooth locator will make some cheddar. Yes, they will. And I'm at the point where I refuse to talk on the phone without one. Leaves you guys a 20-minute voicemail. <laughs> And he also says uh, about the nigga buttering you up on Facebook. He was gonna ask you for a ride in that Facebook chat. Uh, I agree. I that was one of the things I was worried about was he was gonna ask for a ride, so I didn't answer. I don't blame. Because normally when people like that start being nice, they want something. Of course. Um. And 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 the funny thing about me, I don't even I don't I like Facebook. I prefer Twitter. And it's funny with me on Facebook, because when them little pop-ups happen, I go, oh, I, I, I almost treat it like it's a commercial. I go, oh, what's that? Click. And I always click out of it. <laughs> so if you instant chat me, I never respond. That's because I, I think it's a pop-up. Yeah, you can <laughs> cut that off also. <laughs> so I'm sorry anybody that responded was like, damn, this bitch don't ever talk back. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, that's what the updates and the messages are for, man. Anyway, um, he also, when he was bringing up the Bluetooth thing, yeah, man, I hate losing Bluetooths. I lose them all the time, and it really sucked when I paid for those, the cheap one, and then it it didn't work. So it's like true, even worse. True. Like, damn, dog. And Bluetooths, Bluetooths go up in price, and the thing is that they got them for these old-fashioned house phones that don't nobody use, mm -hmm. and they got them for, like, remote controls and things like that. Whoever invents that is going to be a gazillionaire, because do you know how many people spend Two, three hundred dollars sometimes on those Bluetooths to lose them in less than 60 seconds. Yep. I like that, uh, this is Detective Rex Banner. Mm -hmm. He says, I like that other Rod is a guest host. He has an uh, overbe 
he was not as overbearing as Justin. So now we got two hosts that he's talking about. Rodney, my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like Rodney as a co-host, too, because, you know, he's my brother. We have known each other a little longer than me and everybody else in the world. I hope so. So, <laughs> so you know, I, uh, I think we have a good rapport, and it's just very natural. Uh, but I also like Justin. I like his energy he brings to the show. I always think he's funny. I do, too. And he brings his own ideas to each uh, conversation. And he seems to think about stuff. And uh, his ability to do recall jokes is just uh, amazing. Uh, but, you know, each to each to each his own. I know some people are going to like other guests and not as much. Yeah. Shit, some people like probably like Karen more than me or like me more than Karen or whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, I also like how you and your wife joke around a lot. How are y'all able to keep the spark in your relationship? Why no kids yet? Good show. Um, no kids yet, just because we ain't trying to have none yet. Nah. Uh, there's no reason, no mystery behind no, it. No reason, no rhyme. And like I had to tell my family, it is about me, me, and Mo, me. I'm 100% selfish. I see shoes on sale, I buy them. I see clothes I want, I buy them. You know, if I get tired and be like, well, baby, I'm tired. Every man for themselves. Everybody in this household got a J-O-B. Not school. I'm talking about a real job to bring in income. I know folks love that kids out there, but when it comes to bringing in the bacon, kids don't bring in the bacon. Also, man, I mean, with when you throw kids into a situation so cavalierly, like a lot of people do, um, it, you also have to think about will we even be able to have a podcast and kids? No, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just keep that. No, no, because kid. I mean, because I love my niece, but kids change your world. They rock your world. You love them with all your heart if you are wonderful parents. And shots out to all the parents doing it together and single moms and single dads. But when you have children, man, and ass has got to be in the bed by 8, we can't be in here ha-ha-ha until 11, 12 o'clock at night because we're going to wake somebody ass up and that's going to be into the podcast. Yeah, so, I, I, and then keeping a spark in the relationship, I don't know, man. Uh, Karen is my best friend. Uh, I tell people, it's so funny because people are just like children with these, the way they approach relationships. It's yes. no wonder that most of them will never work out. I think part of a good relationship is marrying your best friend. If you have a best yes. friend, friends know shit about you that you can't tell anybody else. Say that again. Friends accept you for who you are. Yes. Um, friends, you can overcome a lot of changes with your friends that you can't overcome with just some chick that looks good that you're like bitch you better stay in shape or else we ain't gonna make it type you know that's how people oh, talk to I, I, to, I, 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 to people that ain't I, I, your I friends say, don't 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 even get me on that because that, that that right there send, send me to blazing when men be like well if she gained you know 20 pounds i'm gonna leave her ass the bitch pregnant i mean, come, I mean it's, 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 it's like it makes no sense and then the, the, also, the thing that upsets me, too, and, and I'm not man-bashing anything like that, but it's amazing how a man can say that about a woman, but then uh, you turn around and look at that man, you got a beer gut, okay? We both trying to be fit, we both trying to be fit, but just be who you are and just love people for who they are. Yeah, people are very shallow and simple, and like I said, they're like children. When it comes to a relationship, the average person has not developed their ideas on a relationship from the time they probably turned 18 to now. Like, you know, they could be 40 and they they don't develop any, you know, like they can only learn from trial and error, which is kind of stupid. But, you know, something that important to you, the only way you learn is by when you try some shit and you fail at it, you know, That's but, true. you know, there's no deep philosophy about it. I really just think if you have if you're able to make friends with a female uh, that, you know, transcends that normal friendship, 
I don't know why that people aren't looking for love there. People mentally block that off. Like, and, 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 I can't love my friend. Shit, we'll just complicate our friendship, you know? Yeah, and on top of that, when it comes to uh, relationships, I'm going to keep it real. I don't want to wake up one day and look at my husband and be like, I, do I really know you? Who are you? Yeah, yeah, but, you know, that. like I said, also, we started so early that uh, we know each other. We have a pretty good background. We have developed trust. A lot of these people substitute money for trust. That's why they spend so much on engagement rings, uh, honeymoons, weddings. Is because what you're really saying is, I love you enough to spend ten thousand dollars on a ring. So you must know that must you can assume that you can trust me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's really what people are doing with this. The money replaces the time. Like we okay. have time, so I don't. You know, if you don't buy me anything for my birthday next month, I'm not gonna be like. What the fuck? Do you not love me? But if I just met you a year ago, I might have that type of insecurity. And when you think about how people approach relationships, everybody's like, no, man, wait till you're older. Okay, you're older. Now you meet somebody when you're 30, you're 32, 33. You're going to get married in two years. You're 35. Uh, Like, how much trust do you really have? Without having to show them by spending money and doing all kinds of crazy shit. That's true. And on top of that, the thing about relationships, people treat relationships like it's a check off the list. I got my degree, check. You know, I you know I went to the store, check. Yeah, you it's know, just another accomplishment. For yeah, them. and when you and when you do it like that, a lot of times you knock out the natural stuff, and you end up getting with a girl or a female, a, a, a guy or a girl that you ain't got no business with because you got this stupid timeline you trying to hit. Yeah. So um. Anyway, Mike from Japan emailed us. Cool, from Japan? From Japan. Wow. So now we know where some of those downloads in Japan came from. Konnichiwa. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that one. Um, Rod, look forward to hear your opinion on the Bomani Jones show. Now I am check out your podcast. Okay, maybe Mike speaks Japanese or maybe he was tired when he wrote this. Some, yes, some of the English is a little off and it's in bold right. and it's, it's in big for fun. Oh, so he's yelling at us? That's all good? No, it's not cap fly. That's yelling. Okay. This is just very important. He needs me to know this. Uh, you were talking about uh, tasering during the Spike Lee documentary. Did you ever see the clip of the brother talking about if you had a choice of being taser or a uh, police ass whooping? He advised to take the nightsticks. All this from the back <laughs> of a squad car. Um, let me tell you something. That's actually more of a vote on my side for the taser. It is. I, he says it's worse than nightsticks. Right? And I say, good. I'm glad it feels worse than a nightstick. Stop acting a goddamn fool when the police gonna look on you. <laughs> and quit breaking the law, damn it. Yeah. And this is the thing. The thing that's hilarious to me, they know they don't have to pull out the tasers until people get to breaking the law. Right. You don't break the law, you don't get tased, you don't get hot bullets, you don't get bitty sticks upside your head. You yeah. avoid the whole scenario. Stop resisting the rest. <laughs> yeah, when they say stop, it means stop. Yeah. Uh, Walter writes in, good job on the podcast. At Nerd uh, at the Cool Table, or Nerd at Cool Table, that's the cool. Twitter. Uh-huh. Turn me on to your stuff a few months back. Now I'm listening to you guys act like straight up fools while I'm working. I had a question. Why are your podcasts over 100 megabytes now? They used to be about 80 or so. I subscribe to some podcasts that are two hours, and they use only use up to 30 or 40 megs. I was just curious about the bandwidth you could be saving. Hey man, I don't know. I uh, reduce it down as much as I can. Uh, they might be long longer now because we actually um, 
you know, do a little bit more on the podcast where we have to do longer podcasts, add more music, yeah. um, compress the vocal stuff like that. I don't know for sure, uh, but I'll look into it. Um, Will wrote in because uh, a couple last two shows ago we talked about the tipping thing uh-huh. at. At uh, I always forget the name of the bar. It's like Tranquility or some shit. Uh, Whatever. Therapy. Therapy. Yeah. Therapy bar downtown. They basically closed because the black patrons stopped going after a Facebook um, and online campaign against them because they were charging black patrons like twenty percent more, more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they I guess they were just like niggas ain't tipping. We're going to take it on our own hands and charge them 20% more without letting them know. And black people got upset and they said, fuck this shit. We're done with you. Yeah, right. And they lost business and they had to close. So Will writes in, man, I missed the show already. The baby is going to come within a week. So hopefully in a week or two, I can stop through again. Uh, Will's wife, T, is pregnant. She was on the show. Um, yeah, Will's funny. He was tweeting that... Uh he don't want to lose his number one status on the show as far as number one uh, guest. And he would say, it don't matter. We'll have a baby on the show. <laughs> it's not that important. No, we don't want T to have a baby at the show. <laughs> and listening to the show, I was kind of disappointed in the incident that the young black folks of Charlotte chose to rally against. High club prices during the CIAA. Uh, CIAA is a tournament for black colleges in this area. Um, we hosted in Charlotte uh, for like the last three or four years, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, really? Sure, the school year has started, and there are still 93 teaching positions yet to be filled. And Which sure, be. and sure, buses have run triple routes because they can't afford otherwise. Yep. Sure, half the lab- libraries in Charlotte were closed, and the other half are still open. Are only open a couple days a week. Yep. Yeah, all this is going on, but it pales in comparison with the super inflated club and dining prices during the CIAA. This issue must be tackled if the black folks of Charlotte are to advance. It's, <laughs> it's really pitiful that this is what gets young black folks fired up. The white man is overcharging you during black events. Well, what about the second Saturday in August? What was going on then? Absolutely nothing. But if you go to a black club, they are still going to overcharge you. The later you come, the more you pay. When does the price start going up and at what increments? It all depends on how the guy the door feels. White clubs charge the same amount all night long, and they will let you leave and come back. But with a black club, there is no reentry. Wow. And don't act like these black clubs aren't taking advantage of black folks, too. I don't hear blacks uh, complaining when black clubs that normally charge $10 to $20 to get in start charging $50 to $100 or complaining when the black clubs that, I mean, or $200 if you want to skip the line. When the CIAA comes to town, black clubs mark up the price on nigger drinks. <laughs> Patron, Grey Goose, or in Corona. Wow. And they break out the small cups for drinks. So you're paying $6 for Corona and $15 for a Long Island in a 12-ounce cup. Ooh. Yeah, black folks get uh, taken advantage of during large black events. But if you're going to complain about one side, complain about the other. Otherwise, just go somewhere, sit down, and shut up. I don't blame them on that one. It's, it's not something you have to have. It's entertainment. They aren't hiking up prices on stuff you need like gas or your power bill. If you don't like it, keep your ass at home with your broke ass. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know this email was long as hell, so feel free to leave out whatever part you want. Keep holding it down. I'm going to keep listening and commenting. Um, I mean, first of all, you know, appreciate that, Will. Um, 
And I don't club much, so I don't know all the in and outs no, of the club. Me either. I think the more the controversy really was, uh, you're at, you're specifically charging only the black people at your establishment more. I think if it's a black club that says it's gonna be on during this weekend and we want to hike up the prices, they do it for everybody across the board. Yeah, I don't think they're letting totally white people do. in for half off and yeah, black people in for twice as much. That's right. So um, that's part of the deal. Um, and that can happen during any tournament, any event. Yeah. Not necessarily a black event. Even during a white event, you're going to have uh, people... Ohio, like right. the ACC tournament comes here. All of a sudden, you see bars that are sports bars downtown charging more to get in, charging more for food and drinks. Yeah, charging more for parking. You know, it's like... Uh, what is it? Uh, Dixie's. It's like $5. All of a sudden, it's $25. It's something cracking off at the Coliseum. Now, if I was... I mean, unfortunately, in Charlotte, it's still um, racially charged in the nightlife. So, um, so you won't be able to really take these large groups of black people here for the CIAA to white clubs and whatnot. So, it aids the black clubs in overcharging because they know you can't go anywhere else. They're like, if you book something at a white event, you're going to get treated like shit. They don't really want you there. They just want you to spend your money and get the fuck out. And... It turns into this like, well, now you're really trapped. If you want to have a good time, you can only go to a handful of clubs, and they're just gonna fuck you. Um, what what can be done about it? I don't know. Maybe stop going to events, but which kind of defeats the purpose of the tournament. Um, maybe stop uh, doing whatever. And also, I think it's kind of a false uh, that, uh, false choice to say or a false ultimatum to say, well, what about the schools and the libraries and shit like that? Because it's like. You know, what about the war in Afghanistan? It's always a better reason to do some shit. I do my entire podcast based on trivial shit every day. It's like, <laughs> if I had to start talking about the war in Afghanistan, this shit would be boring. I wouldn't even want to listen to I it. I know it's so. Uh, but I do feel you, uh, and it is odd how people pick and choose shit, but, you know, entertainment hits motherfuckers right in their pockets and in their wheelhouse, and I'm actually still glad to see uh, black people come together to boycott something, but... Yeah, I do wish it had more su- something of more subsequence, but you know, I'm not gonna knock and, them for and doing And like that. I said, the reality is that people care more about their party than they do about the children and they do about the library books. So just keep that real. Yeah. Uh, what's good? This is at people cri- people's critic, which is P P L S C R T I C from Twitter. My comment slash question. Why do the people keep messing with Cat Stacks? It's not like she's all that fine. She's aired out these rappers and yet somebody like Soldier Boy is still getting with her. Reports are coming out now that this whole thing was fake and if it is, why? Whether the whole whether this whole situation is true or false, it's sad. What happened to people just making hot records and the girls being okay with them with being groupies and not trying to be celebrities? Um I don't know why people keep messing with Cat Stacks. I guess because she just put herself out there to get messed with. I guess so. You know, I don't get it either. I she's, to say. she's not attractive at all. And she seems real ghetto. And just seems like she would have a disease. Her entire steez is being in the public and putting people's business in the street. Why Carmelo Anthony is threatening to, to have somebody slap her for $5,000. Why, uh... The, I mean, maybe he slept with her too, and he's trying to cover it up. Why Lala? Why Lala? His wife is getting into it with Cat Stacks on Twitter. I don't know why Soldier Boy hanging out with her, supposedly doing cocaine and shit. I don't know. It, it's very, it's very disturbing to think that 
these people. I mean, maybe they're just all in cahoots and they're all trying to keep their name in the public. I don't know. That's true. But but it ain't that important to me. You know, I, I'm I'm like I'd rather have a whole lot of money. And nobody know who the hell I am. She's not a chick that I as a regular dude will have sex with. Her. I really don't know what these rappers are seeing in her. But uh, you know, a lot of these dudes will fuck anything. Hi Rod, I live on the west coast of Canada, BC, and I listen to Bomani Jones on podcasts. As as when he comes on here out west, it's too early for me, uh, 4 a.m. Way too early. Thanks HRSR, HSR for podcast. Uh, I love which is hardcore sports radio. Okay. HSR. I love the show. Gets me ready for the day. My favorite parts are when you and Mike in Chicago phone in. You guys crack me up. I was listening today and you were talking about a link to Who Are Those Guys, uh, which is a podcast about pimps, and the R is the letter R. Just search for it on, on iTunes. Uh, and you are on with Mike. Wondering if, if that was Mike and Darnell Priceless. I was wondering how to find that link. I sent him the link. I went to Corey and Mamani's Twitter to see if Corey had posted it, uh, but did not find it. Could you tell me where it is, what it is? And I would really like to hear it. Uh, I did find out though that some of Corey's post through from some of Corey's post on Twitter, uh, and then to your Twitter account about your podcast, The Black Guy Who Tips. So checked it out. Really enjoyed it, and now I have a shortcut on my desktop. Oh, thank you. When does your podcast come up? Is it every day? Keep phoning in, as I really like your comments and sense of humor. Since I live in Canada and don't get ESPN up here in the hinterland, I uh, I miss us versus them with Bomani and Skip Bayless. Damn, Bomani knows we don't get ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> and has said something about putting something together for us Canucks. Can't wait. Keep up the good work. <clears throat> Excuse me. Catch you on the flip side. Um, till later, Blair. Thanks, man. Really appreciate the compliments. We do. And we do the show twice a week. So, not every yeah, day. Yeah, we hate you guys. Don't get ESPN. I remember Sasha and Corey was talking about that. I was like, they don't get ESPN? Huh? I was very, very confused. I didn't realize that was just an American thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe if we uh, make some more money, we can do these every day. But, um, not yet. Yeah, not yet. How is ESPN supposed to be the wild world leader of sports and you can't get it up in Canada? I don't comprehend that. Maybe they're not the. Well, it was ESPN two that had first take, but okay. Um. Anyway, uh, I like to do some other podcasting stuff. Okay. Took us forty five minutes to respond to all the questions and comments, and we really appreciate you guys. Um, In in fact, this could be fan interaction episode. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I'm sorry, typical sports. Yeah, we still in your style, Rob and Key. Oh, that's Karen talking, not me. Um, But we love you, though. We love you. We love you. uh, I was uh, on uh, Yeah Right Radio listening to Larry on and uh, Liam talk about. The jump off rules, mm-hmm. and one of them was you never take off your socks with your jump off. You never. Ah, uh, never take off your. What's wrong with showing your toes? I guess when you're having sex with your jump off, you gotta keep your socks on. What you don't want to scratch you with your toenails? I mean, you don't no, want it's to... not for her. It's for you. You trying to show that you don't care about her. It's like I have a lack of intimacy with you. I would never show you my feet. Oh, so socks make. Toes make that big of a difference. I didn't know that. I think the main thing that made me realize is that niggas is stupid and yeah, uh, a lot I'm, of this stuff I'm, is I'm, silly. I'm not, I'm not comprehending that. Well, what are we we yeah. not putting toe prints in the carpet? I'm not understanding. Like what chick is looking down? Like he took off his socks. It must be love. <laughs> you know? uh, uh, uh. Anyway, um, so I think the jump off rules thing is kind of stupid, but yes, sir. You know, whatever. Single people keep playing your games. Have fun. 
most of the way that uh, people react in relationships, I believe, is a direct result of being hurt at a younger age. And it's really yeah. just a defense mechanism. And oh, people yeah. just keep uh, letting it go for years and years. You know, I, uh, like when you see these dudes that are really anti-women or women that are really anti-men, I think it's just a reaction to somebody that hurt them a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And and their, their their mind never really adjusts to just like, hey, I'm grown. Everyone isn't like this. Yeah, and you got to let that go. You, yeah, you got to. Everybody at some point in their life has been hurt. You're not. You're not the only one. I don't know why people think they're the only one that ever, ever, ever have had their heart broken. Everybody has at some point in their life. So that's something people have to learn how to shake off or move on, or else you'll still be in the same rut twenty years from now. Yeah, and I don't think the jump off rules and shit like that are really to protect that the other person you're having sex with from doing this, that, and the other. I really think it's to protect yourself from caring because okay. your heart is at the core is very fragile, and a lot of men won't mention. You know, they try to put up a front, they hold their emotions in, but to be truthful. They're fragile people, and they get hurt worse than women itself to some extent, which is why they're so defensive. Oh, yeah. All right, so um, Lindsay Lohan got released from rehab, so she's cured. Everything's okay. They let her go early. If they say so. Uh, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh one day for like 20 minutes um, on my lunch break, and it made me think, what are conservative radio callers and listeners are like black people when it comes to rap where we don't really take them serious we like to hear what they have to say we think it's funny we're entertained but at the end of the day we're like nigga you can't do that shit and then that's that's the end right uh so i was wondering that because i was thinking if if like rush limbaugh is pretty much rick ross to a lot of white people yes (laughs) they roll tough And, and, and the thing about rick ross rick ross is believable but you know that nigga ain't done half the stuff he's telling you about. That's yeah. the same thing about Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh is believable to them people, but he don't believe half the crap he's telling you, yeah. and he's taking his money, flying his private jet, and going home while your country broke ass is still out there on your farm with your gun yeah. trying to shoot everybody. Yeah, he's telling everybody how all oh, the society's against us, the economy sucks, and he's making billions of dollars. And not to mention, like, when he rants and raves about, oh, gay people, this, that, and the other. Then he has Elton John at his wedding. Yeah, you know, uh, which, which defeats the purpose. And, like, and like I think he said something about he ended up going to the doctor or something like that. We said he paid out of pocket. Yeah. Nigga, you a millionaire. The average person cannot take their health care bill, bills and pay. That's the purpose of insurance. That's why people have issues when that stuff denies over the dumbest and irrelevant things. Yeah, so I was just wondering if they think of them. And I, don't, I haven't met people that really listen to them, but I can't take Glenn Beck seriously as a no. person. So it makes me wonder if his listeners really just don't take him serious, but hey, it's something to watch. Um, That's true. Alright, uh, I, it's hard for me to get into the UFC unless I'm watching pay-per-view. Okay. Like I, I've, all the pay-per-view UFCs I've watched at people's houses and stuff, I like. I've liked them too. But um, just like on a normal Tuesday night or something, I'm I not. I can't watch that. Yeah, I would rather watch a whole lot of stuff before that. Not and the UFC fans are, are probably the pushiest fans I've ever dealt with. Because when something's on, I get like ten tweets like, "Hey man, put it on versus," and I'm, I had to go search for whatever channel that is. And yeah, I don't even know what versus is here. Yeah, and it's normally something I some like person I've never heard of is some 
not even the UFC necessarily. It could just be anything, you know. Oh, um, okay. And I'm not dissing it. It's just I'm not that kind of a fan for this. I don't have that type of hunger to see it, but yeah. it, it would be to the equivalent of me knowing that a lot of UFC people don't watch the NBA. Every time a game is on on TNT, just being like, "Hey man, put it on TNT." The Clippers are playing the Nuggets, you know. Like what? I, I'm only in this for the playoffs. You know? That's right. Playoffs ain't happening. Why am I here? And I guess paper be used to playoffs, so I only watch the playoffs. That's so uh, we was at the bar, and this racist stripper hollered at my boy, uh, and wow, uh, he went home with her, and he said he had sex with her, but then he later said he didn't. So I don't know what that was about. But, um, <laughs> she was so racist, man. Like, when I wasn't around, supposedly, she was just dropping the N-bomb everywhere in public. <laughs> and I was just like, that's amazing, man. Like, she was such a whore. Like, it was just amazing. Oh, we upgraded it? Yeah, she was more than just a whore. Oh, like, people don't go target, they go Tajay? Yeah, she was a whore. Uh, she was such a whore that, I mean, she was just like... Showing him she had underwear on and stuff like that. I'm not naming no names. Only the people that were there could possibly know what I'm talking about. But it was just one of those things like, wow. And then to drop the N-bomb, like, how comfortable do you have to be to meet somebody out in public for, like, the second time ever and just start dropping the N-bomb in front of their friends and everybody? Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That's not even high class, man. So I told him, look, you need to start dating her. And that's a wife material. And then let me start coming over your house all the time to make her uncomfortable. <laughs> he was not feeling that idea. Oh. Um, I think people like white women because the way they smell uh smell in the morning when they shampoo their hair. I was thinking about it. It's intoxicating. It is dude, they they have the like the fruity cause you know black folks don't wash their hair every day. That that shit ain't happening. Um, it's just our texture of hair. Um, and I, like I said, I can't speak for everybody else. For all you white people out there, uh, we don't wash and go. We just can't wash and go. You wash it, you got to blow dry it and go through a whole different set of scenarios. But they do have like fruity smelling stuff mm-hmm. and strawberries and Tropicana and kiwi, apple. It do smell good. Yeah, sometimes you be in the elevator with a white woman. That She just washed her hair. You coming up to work and you just... Stop feeling like Ben Roethlisberger. You know, you just can't keep your hands off of him. <laughs> um, so, uh, Karen, you probably, this is a rhetorical question for you, but okay. some of our listeners might know, uh, you ever drink so much on a weeknight, you start feeling like you gambling with your job. Like, I was drinking <laughs> on, Travis was in town, and I was just hanging out. And you having we, a good time this weekend, weren't you? Yeah, we were playing this, my head still hurts, we were playing this game. <laughs> well, you put your finger on a glass. Everybody puts their finger on. Mm-hmm. And then a person has to guess a number. And you can either put keep your finger on the glass or you can take it off. You have to guess how many fingers are still on the glass. If you get it right, you don't have to drink a shot. If you get it wrong, you got to drink a shot. Uh, you must be wrong a lot, dude. I got it wrong. No, I only got it wrong like once or twice. But it was strong. And, uh, you know, I, I had to wait to come home. And I, I got home, and, I mean, I was, I, like, I wasn't, like, drunk or anything. But I got home, and I was, like, just tipsy enough to have, to think that it was a good idea to call Time Warner at, like, midnight, thinking that they would help 
Uh, well, actually, it's later than that. It's like I 1.30. Was, I was sleeping. Yeah, you were sleeping on the couch. Yeah, and I was sleeping hard. I actually thought, like, oh, this is a good idea to call Time Warner and get my internet fixed. I didn't even know they were 24 hours. I didn't either. I called them anyway. I was on the phone with that lady for like an hour and a half. I didn't go to bed till like 3.30. I had to be at work at 7. And I, luckily, I only worked a half day, so I just had to stay up for four hours. And then I came home. I was going to take a nap. But uh, Travis was... Uh, and I went to work, and I still had on, like, the same shirt from the day before. <laughs> I still had wing sauce on it. It was terrible. It wasn't a lot of wing sauce, but I it was either wing sauce or Jaeger. And, um... Uh, I was just in rough shape all day, man. Yes, she was, son. But then I went out with Travis and them, and I hung out at the bar, drank a little bit more, and I felt good to go. Um, so I hung out with them for a while, then uh, came home and fell asleep, and uh, got the internet working and everything, man. But um, when I called Time Warner, and I, I was being polite, maybe because partially I was just, you know, I didn't care. I was just, uh, just drunk enough not to care. Um, Just working up that gear. Like, their politeness was actually pissing me off in contrast with my frustration. Because it would be like, they would offer a solution that wouldn't work, and they would be like, that's okay. Uh, we can do something else. We just need to do blank. And I was just like, bitch, figure this shit out. I don't need you to be polite. I need you to be correct. <laughs> Let's get it popping. Come on. Yeah. I know it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and damn it, ain't no technicians there, but I don't give a damn. Get my shit working. Yeah, I was sleep too, sleepy too, so I, at one point I told her, listen, I have to go to work in the morning. I need to go to bed. This is like 2.45. And so at, at that time, and I didn't do this on purpose, but the phone disconnected on its own. Okay. I dropped the call. Okay. So I was like, cool, fuck it. I'll figure this out tomorrow. I'm going to sleep. She called me back. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Give up, lady. <laughs> They must not have anything to do at 3 in the morning because normally help, the health people be trying to get you off the phone and cut you off. Rick. She was like, I got a last one, y'all. Mm, he yeah. going to keep me up. Even if uh, things ain't working right, you know, you call them at 5 o'clock. They're like, hey, man, tough shit. Get a technician. What's you know? this, 911? You mean recall? Man, she tried to figure that shit out, man. She started 69 me back. Um, and... I was actually relieved until she called back. Like, once she called back, I was like, damn, now I got to finish this. And um, when I was like, I'll call you back tomorrow, she was like, no, no. Let's try one more thing. We can do this. It was See, like she was willing to work it out with you. It was like an episode of ER where the doctor's like, you will not die on me. <laughs> I will save this life. Uh, so I, if you really need a problem solved, and it's a tough problem. Call help desk at 3 in the morning, y'all. Yes. And at any other time, we can't guarantee you this good customer service. I was at work, and this dude was asking me what I was listening to. Mm-hmm. And I told him I was listening to a podcast. And um, he was like, oh, cool. I used to listen to him. I used to listen to one spill podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was tempted to be like, yeah, well, you can listen to this other podcast. And I thought about it. I was like, that's my podcast. I can't tell him that. Oh, no. Mm, I no. work with We him. are anti-co-workers when it comes to our podcast. Until I get enough money, I can't come out the podcast closet. Me either. My podcast closet got a lock and the key and the chain, and I push the big rock in front of it. I'm on the podcast download. I am, too. I'm way down low. So, um, also this weekend, I had my fancy football draft. Cool. And hung out with Travis and drank some more. And um, 
but Chris was driving me, so I was okay. Okay. So um, we I had to go to Best Buy after the draft. So we were going to Best Buy, and it was me, Chris, who's and Chris. Chris is Asian. Mm-hmm. And Chris was breaking all kinds of stereotypes. He showed up. Ah. He showed up to my house late, so he was on CP time, Chinese people time. And then, and then we got in the car, and he drove excellent, all excellent, all the way to the place. It was he drove like there was no problems. Okay. So he broke that stereotype because people say Asians can't drive. Okay. Then we got to the uh, to the parking attendant. And Chris needed, uh, the parking was $5. Mm-hmm. He had a $20 bill, and he said he needed um, two fives for some reason to pay somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, I, I said, you want me to pay for parking? He said, no, I need to get change. And he was like, the guy said, okay, how much you need? He said, um, let me get a 10 and two fives. So he messed up the math. Ah! Which is yes, also against... And I know you races against Asians, but he broke, I am a, not. he broke another Chinese stereotype. Because most of the time they're excellent at math, which is a good thing. Keep your money straight. So we rolled up um, to Best Buy, and these two white women were, were in the parking lot looking at us. And it was me, a black dude, and Chris. And we had a baby seat in the back seat. And Chris said, I bet they think we're a gay couple that adopted a baby. And so ah. I was like, really? I don't think so. <laughs> But when I got out the car, just in case, I, I got out the car, I was like, hello. And then I started skipping all the way into Best Buy. Oh, they really thought they did. snapping. So I was like, they probably thought they just saw the most adorable gay couple in all time. Oh, ain't this sweet. <laughs> so we saw some movies this week. Yes, we did. I saw Blade Runner with Harrison Ford and Karen saw like the last 10 minutes of it. I did. Um, it, I get, For an old movie, it really held up well and... Uh, it's a kind of a short movie, and it's about a weird movie. Yeah, it's about some cyborgs that are created by a man, and they only have a four-year lifespan because at one point they went crazy and revolted against men. Man, and these cyborgs are like six times stronger than the average person, and uh, they don't have the same emotions, so they would develop without emotions, but they start developing their own emotions. Oh, and they were like. Child, almost childlike emotions. Very simple. Yeah. yeah. And so he, you know, it was about um, Harrison Ford tracking down these rogue cyborgs and you know trying to capture them uh, before they could cause too much havoc, even though they were gonna die in four years. So it, it was a good action sci-fi flick. I liked it. Uh, speaking of action sci-fi flicks, I like Pandorum. I watched that. Karen watched a little bit of it. She was too scared. She was walking up and down the stairs. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. It, 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 I liked it a lot, man. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. And for those of you that haven't watched it, it's kind of a bit of a surprise at the end. Yeah, it's definitely. I don't want to ruin any twists. Me but either. It's a sci-fi movie, and you might want to check it out because I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. And, um, you know, it was just one of those quirky movies, almost like Aliens. Yeah. Where, you know, science fiction in a tight space, and, you know, you got to deal with all the mental paranoia and stuff like that. But um, the, the ending was a good twist. Some of the stuff they did at the end fight scene was kind of like didn't make sense, but you know, it's kind of a small flaw to hold against that movie. And we also saw Takers. Yes, we did. 
And what'd you think about Takers? It was it was actually decent. It wasn't like Academy Awards, you know, stand up type thing, clap your hands. But it wasn't no two thumbs down either. Yeah, I think none of them niggas can really act except for Idris Elba, maybe. That's true now. Um, but it's almost like putting a bunch of non-acting motherfuckers together counteracted the fact that only one of them could act well. It was like, hey, nobody really had a scene where they was getting outshined by another actor because it's like, here's a scene with T.I. versus Paul Walker. Yeah. So, you know, and T.I. was basically playing T.I. Like, Yeah, there was nothing different in there. I just expected him to just start busting out a rap. Yeah, I wonder what the suit budget is on this movie because every scene God. has dudes in suits. Nobody wore just jeans and t-shirts and that. For some damn bank robbers, hell yeah. Yeah, they was all wearing Running suits. Running in church shoes. What the hell is wrong with these people? Yeah. <laughs> But um, I still liked it a lot. Uh, Chris Brown has an amazing chase scene in yes, there. Yes, he does. Where they had do uh, that. Uh, I think it's called parkour. Where they that that style of running and oh, jumping, they jumping off of buildings, okay. jumping on cars, flipping. Yes, that, that actually windows. was a really really good uh, action sequence. And I've noticed in that scene, he pushed down and hit like eight women. Oh, he was knocking them down like rocks. I don't know who the director is and why. I don't know if this movie came out before the scandal. But I think I think they had it was something probably already recorded. Not a good idea to have uh, Chris Brown beating women down to get away from the cops. I'm sorry, but it's a bad look. And yes, I'm not making that up. That is that's true. Um, all right, man, let's do some news and we're gonna uh, finish the show. Cool. So we got a lot of news to get to, but uh, I might skip some because my head hurts. Anti-prostitution billboards unveiled. Uh, men who solicit women for sex and men who force women into prostitution are being put on notice. Oh, they finally put them on notice, huh? Hmm. What did they do? Send them an email? What's the notice? Uh, put them on Facebook, chat. Uh, Cook <laughs> County Sheriff Tom Dart kicked off an aggressive campaign Sunday with a pricey warning for those who pay, prey on women. CBS 2's Vince Garrisaw reports. For a year now, Dart has, has been aided by a new county ordinance making it easier to arrest and find Johns. Johns? And you know, I never understood that. First time I heard that, I was like, Johns? Who the hell is every man's name of Johns? I was very confused. I'm it's sorry. It's a little pimp. It's a little pimp uh, talk. Okay. Uh, now in the corner of Layden Township played by prostitution, would-be Johns can read all about how all about it and how costly their actions can be. In broad daylight, a prostitution sting is in progress. The woman is actually an undercover officer, solicited by a driver of an 18-wheeler. Seconds later, Cooks County Sheriff's Department uh, detectives swoop in and make their arrest. The Johns, if we can get rid of the customers, that's half the battle here. Uh, authorities say the sidewalk, say the sidewalks in no-tail motels, I guess is what they call those CD motels where you can... Uh, Check in and uh, stay for, stay for an hour and okay. leave or something. Versus paying for a whole night. Yeah, no tell motels in May High Road and Layton Township have been plagued by sexual solita- solicitation for years. Sheriff's Vice Unit made some 500 prostitute arrests in Cook County last year. Two thirds occurred at motels and roadside locations. It took us a while to nail down the actual visuals on them. But since Wednesday, some unconventional billboards up above now warn Johns that detectives are working undercover below and the fires they face are, uh, uh it says oh, UPV. Maybe they got cut off. But, uh, just, just this past Friday, we arrested someone underneath the billboard trying to solicitate a, solicit a prostitute. 
Uh, Dart, who has stepped... Why don't they have a sign that says, damn, we arrest here? Yeah, seriously. I mean, you're under the billboard getting arrested. Yeah, that should have had an arrow. I'm with stupid. Maybe he couldn't read. Maybe. Um, or maybe he's like, this is be the last place they look. <laughs> In this lock closet. Yeah, this sign actually says, this is where we will arrest you. They would never think to look here. Never. Uh... I just wish the public would get the get a window into who these prostitutes are. It has literally been sexual abuse since a young age. Narcotics abuse uh, throughout. Uh, former prosti- prostitute Marion Hatcher's college degree couldn't keep her off the streets. Damn. Uh, she was like, I don't need a man. I can do it by myself. I got a college degree. And I'm a hoe. Wow. Once you get involved in it, it's extremely difficult to get out. I was rescued by rescued by angels with handcuffs. Oh, that sounds like a good name for a strip club. Um, ah. Hatcher now works at the prostitution council for the sheriff's department, thanks to in part to the services paid for by the increasing arrest of Johns. I did 120 days in the women's justice to services, uh, in the women's justice services, as my sentence in lieu of going to prison for three to seven years. I'd be lying to you if I said they're all success stories. They're not. But at least they're making a dent in it. Dark nosed billboards alone won't make a difference. He calls them one more tool in the fight to convince people prostitution is not a victimless crime. So I guess it's kind of good that they go after the the Johns because they're the ones who are really funding all this shit, right? That's true. From King to Beck, big rally at Lincoln Memorial. Glenn Beck says it's just a coincidence his restoring honor rally on Saturday at the Lincoln Memorial will take place on the anniversary at the site of Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous I Have a Dream speech. Civil rights veterans are skeptical. So am I. Uh, I really don't believe it's a coincidence um, that he picked that day of all days to do this speech. Yeah, he could have had the day before or the day after. Um, this is going to be a moment that you'll never be able to paint people as haters, racists, none of it. Beck says of uh, the event featuring Sarah Palin, a hater and a racist, and other conservative political and cultural figures. This is a moment, quite honestly, that I think we reclaim the, the civil rights movement. That's right. You heard it. The white man reclaims wow. the civil rights movement. He taking it back. What, back to slavery then? I mean, maybe I'm confused. Is this something I'm missing? <laughs> no, nah, I don't think so. Okay. When we heard about Glenn Beck, it was public, puzzling, Reverend Al Sharpton said. Because if you read Dr. King's speech, it just doesn't gel with Mr. Beck or what Mrs. Palin y'all represented. Yeah, I agree with you with that one. I hate when Al's right because I got a fucking yeah, a cosign good. Al Sharpton. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, say that again. Beck, a popular figure among Tea Party activists and polarizing Fox News channel, The Personality, uh, is headlining the event and Palin, the 2008 Republican vice presidential nominee and a potential 2012 presidential candidate, uh, will be a prominent speaker. But Beck told his television audience again on Thursday that it's not about politics. What is it about then? Uh, a mix of maybe his own self-promotion and yeah. <laughs> abusing people's uh, ideas and desperation for money. And uh, making people feel they're persecuted when they're really not. Um, I think that's what it's about. Uh, the event's website says that the rally is to pay tribute to America's military personnel and others who embody our nation's founding principle of integrity, truth, and honor. If that's the case, why didn't y'all do this on Veterans Day? I don't know. You know, I'm, yeah. you know if, if this I, is I the just justice. Think, so. I just think there are certain things you can say that make people go stupid in their brains. Okay. Some of it is religion. 
some of it is uh, the military and you'll find that people with a, a streak of pride for those certain things like religion or the military they go to the extreme they will support yeah. you no matter what even if you're a fucking blowhard even if you have a history of being an asshole and a fake and a phony they don't care because it's like you brought up the military I'm down with whatever you have to say it's like yeah but don't you know that guy used to kill people back in the day it's like I don't care He's this this thing that he's doing is a good thing because it's for the military and the troops. It's like wow. they hide behind that shit. That turns off the logic switch. It just goes on the off position. Right, because it's an emotional feeling that he's looking for patriotism and stuff like that. Religion thing, you know. We're gonna claim reclaim America. It's a it's, from what? It's a religious uh, or a a very vague emotional argument. You're not actually. Reclaiming it from anything. You're not actually changing anything. Um, the events website says the rally is to pay tribute to America's military personnel. Oh, wait, I did that. Um, it also promotes the Special Operation Warrior Foundation, which provides scholarships and service to family members of military members. So, right there, like I said, you can hide, you can say anything at this rally, you can be whatever kind of person it is. Uh, you can be a corporate shill, you can be a hack, you can be whatever. But as long as you're like, hey, look, the money's going to the military. Five people won't judge you for that, mm-hmm. you know. Meanwhile, everybody's saying LeBron James is a bad guy, and he ended up giving all that money to the boys this and girls club. club. Come on, that's right. The website urges citizens to attend and help us restore the values that founded this great nation. Once again, very vague. What are you really talking about? What values? Mm-hmm. Values and- of slavery or the values of? Killing all the Indians. I don't know. <laughs> my thing, like I said, he has the right to do the speech any way he wants to. I don't have a problem with that. But for you to pick this day and then for you to act like you were shocked or surprised, hell no. You have a staff of probably a few hundred people. You mean tell me nobody sent you an email? Nobody yeah, notified this, you? This is yeah, specific. Right. This is specific. And... Also, I mean, I'm a little taken aback by the people at this rally that get mad about a mosque being built too close to Ground Zero, but don't see anything strange about somebody like Glenn Beck and Sarah Palin speaking on the anniversary of Martin Luther King speaking at the Lincoln Lincoln Memorial, how they don't see that as could be perceived as offensive. I'm not saying yes, either one yes. is I'm not saying either is illegal or you can't do either one. Yes, but yeah, to say yeah. you can see the offense in one and not the other, that, that's something's true. wrong with you. Yeah, to, to to say that one of the greatest speeches that probably was ever recorded up into man's time uh as of right now on the same spot at the same day uh, you mean to tell me you don't see how nobody could be offended? Yeah. Um, the rally on the 47th anniversary of King's plea for racial equality is drawing a strong reaction and several counter rallies as the nation looks forward to November elections. Beck is known for his strong opinions, including his statement that President Barack Obama is a racist. He later told CBS's Katie Kirk that he was sorry for the way it was phrased, which is another one of those. I'm not going to say I was wrong. I'm not going to back down. I can't ever. My ego's too big to say I fucked up. What I will say is I shouldn't have said it that way. Or I'm sorry if anyone was offended. But it's a false apology. He didn't mean it. No, he didn't. The rally on the 47th anniversary of King's plea for racial equality 
is drawing a strong reaction in several counter rallies. Oh, wait, I already said that. Uh, but organizers of Saturday's rally are telling attendees not to bring signs as they may deter from the peaceful message we are bringing to Washington. Yeah, don't. Uh, you people are all good people, but please don't write anything down that can show how you really feel. Um, oh, yeah, because <laughs> nobody wants to admit this. When you start involving, like, the tea party yeah. and you start involving certain groups of people, and I don't care what anybody says, and we and there are black groups like this, too. Not everybody in the tea party, but you are drumming up a racist group of people. Not everybody, but those people are in the mix, and you can't separate them. So you can't tell me that everybody here was for the right reason or for the right cause. Well, that's the thing is that's why they don't want signs because they're right. Uh, if it's one percent of people that are even on that bullshit, yeah, you got one sign saying Obama is a monkey. That's the one sign that would get singled out. So that's right. You can't bring any signs, people. You know what I'm saying? Cause, yeah, because we know that one idiot is going to say KKK live forever, and we're gonna have a ride out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Signs at some Tea Party events have included pictures of Obama embellished with the Hitler-style mustache. I never thought the, those were racist or any different than any other president. I don't know why people get so yeah, upset Yeah, people about draw those. them up all the time. Yeah. I've seen George W. Bush as a lot of shit. So. <laughs> Racial epithets, threats to Democratic officials. Some posters have given Tea Party critics grounds to claim that the loose organization of activists is motivated by racism against the nation's first black president. Dr. King never had to ask anyone to leave their signs and guns at home, said Benjamin Todd Jealous, president of the NAACP. To say to your followers, don't bring your signs, is like saying, don't open your mouth. That That's kind of true. But, um, like I said, the, the, the media will latch on to that one sign, but, oh, yeah, you know, it was a different fight there. This isn't really a fight of any kind. This no, is, it's not. It was just kind of why this is discouraging. It's really just more of an ego stroke to Glenn Beck yeah, and his power to get a people. A big self-promotion just yes. to see if it was something you could do and just to see if people would show up. Yep. The 828 rally is supposed to be about reclaiming the civil rights movement. But it is led by is being led by someone whose idea of a racist is the president of the United States. Which, yeah, it's very disturbing. Um, I'm sorry, it is very fucking disturbing. You, your idea of racism is Barack Obama is racist, and here you are having a civil rights meeting, and people are going to see you at this civil rights thing. I'm more disturbed that there's groups of people who believe in this shit, like in their desperation with their jobs and the economy and whatever else they're going through. They're latching on to. Uh, Glenn Beck, who's a fucking clown. I've watched a few minutes of his show. He's a fucking clown. I'm sorry. If you watch him every day and you think that dude is sincere and he's about something, no, he's using you. He's a piece of shit. And I dislike him intently. But people are actually going out to support this dude. And that's the part that's scary, though, because I think for a lot of people, um, no matter the color, whenever it comes to people losing their jobs and losing their homes and, you know, not knowing this and not knowing how to take care of this, a lot of times people are, uh, uh, latch on to people like this. Anything that they say they take is the truth versus forming their own opinion and being intelligent enough to see through the tricks and the traps. Yeah, and this is Jess Levin, who's a liberal, uh, spokesperson for Media Matters, uh, which is another problem with a lot of the shit. It's like, you go get a quote from, somebody that has an opposite agenda of Beck. So it's easy to dismiss this quote, even if it's true. It's like, if I'm a Beck supporter, I'm like, yeah, well, fuck this guy. He's a liberal, blah, blah, blah. As opposed to 
there's no neutral people who are like, really, Glenn Beck? This, this, this is yeah. tasteful. This is what you want to do, you know? And like I said, I, I'm more surprised by the hypocrisy of people who, you know, think that this is appropriate and claiming civil rights, getting it, claiming it back, is somehow appropriate. That, that's why I don't know? comprehend that because it's, I really think a lot of white people are on some white people are the new niggers. You know what I'm saying? Wow. A lot of conservatives. A lot of conservative radio, especially here in Charlotte, which has a racial divide and a very ugly side to it that, you know, when it comes to the radio, people start talking out loud and they are trying to turn the white man, white people into the new niggers. Everything bad that happens, happens to white people. Everything, you know, even though black people are being hit harder, harder, harder by job losses in the economy. Yeah, it's double somehow, the national average. Somehow you turn on fucking WBT, you listen to terrorist Salvations. But any length of time, everything is some black person's fault. Every type of advantage in life is going to some black person. Yet, we're still suffering at a much higher rate than white people when it comes to general economic and employment statistics. But somehow, we got all the advantages because a black man's in power. It's just subtle, undercover racism that's very frustrating to deal with. Yes, it because is. Because it strokes the ego of these people and it's just enough. It's just enough to like veil. It's veiled just enough to make these people believe this isn't a racist thought when it really is legitimately, ultimately racism that is moving this shit. Yeah, and, and my thing is this, and, and and this is if you think like this, and 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 this is just coming from a very ignorant place to think that just because Barack Obama was voted in president, racism ended. You are an idiot. Yeah, that's that makes no sense. Whatsoever yeah. to me, um, because and I'm not even saying that makes racism. This oh, every every day I wake up, racism is killing my day. I can't do no, shit. I'm not it's just one that. of these like, do I gotta hear about this every fucking day? Yeah, really. Some one way or the other, both sides are trying to both take sides. the race card and use it one way or the other. You listen to conservative radio, white people getting everything. Listen to liberals, black people don't get enough. It's it's just like, yeah. are y'all really going to play this race game all oh, fucking day? Seriously. All the time. And the average person like me that's in the middle, I know it exists on both sides. You know, I've had things happen to me, but I'm not going to, you know, go to one extreme or the other extreme. Yeah, they really will have you believe that, like, Illegal immigrants and and people on welfare are CEOs of all these Fortune 500 companies. It's, yeah, it makes right. it, that's that's how they want you to feel. Anyway, um, um, you don't see nobody with no form of a background of a Mexican or African American as anybody CEO. Anyway, elsewhere on this, in Washington, civil rights activists plan to mark Saturday's anniversary on the count on the landmark 1963 speech with rallies and demonstrations, some ending at the National Mall. One group planned a four-story sculpture in honor of King near the Washington Monument. Others planned to meet at a Washington school. Sharpton's National Action Network uh, planned a Reclaim the Dream rally featuring Education Secretary Ann Duncan, uh, National Urban League President Mark Morale, and Martin Luther King III. Uh, in an opinion piece for the Washington Post, King said of Beck's event that it's commendable that this rally will honor the brave men and women of our armed forces who serve our country with phenomenal dedication and he also said it was clear the organizers were invoking his father's work uh, my father championed free speech he would be the first to say that those participating in the back rally had the right to express their views uh, but his dream rejected hateful rhetoric and all forms of bigotry or discrimination 
whether directed at race, faith, nationality, sexual orientation, or political beliefs. In the 47 years since King's speech, it has become a staple of civil of the civil rights history. Uh, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Um, that line is always repeated all the time, and it's sad because that is really what Martin Luther King has come to represent. Like, the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King didn't happen when he was shot. It wasn't the bullet that killed him. It's what we've done to his legacy and how we marginalized him as this pacifist, uh, pussy who just wanted everybody to just get along. Nah. And then he got shot because people were mean. That's really what nah, we turned it yeah, into. And it's more to that than meets the eye. I mean, it took a strong man to get dogs sick on him. I mean, it's all kinds of things that he had to deal with for a lot of people to have some of the rights and some of, even a lot of women. And on top of that, you can't do it alone. It was white people that supported him, black people yes. that supported him. Like, and one reason, one way to know that. that your shit is kind of fucked up is when nobody's fighting you. Nobody is fighting Glenn Beck. Nobody's fighting Sarah Palin. Nobody is trying to keep them from doing any fucking thing. It's very frustrating to listen to them talk about these abstract powers and entities that are combining to stop whatever the fuck they're trying to do. It's like, well, what are you trying to do other than promote yourself and make as much money as possible? What change are you really trying to bring about that won't happen? Sarah Palin has some of the most bland uh, advertisers and just like... Vague stuff like a mama bear will protect its cubs, and you're like, okay, well, what the fuck are you talking about, though? Well, what's happening to your cubs? What can you explain? What the fuck is going wrong that you need to fight? Because I can watch a videotape of water hoses and dogs and be like, oh, let me guess, that shit is wrong. Oh, somebody just threw a rock and hit Dr. Martin Luther King in the head, and he's bleeding. I think that America was a little bit more feisty back then. The fight they were fighting is not the civil rights movement that you're reclaiming. You know what I'm saying? Niggas do all the hard work and then they come in like, I got this. Civil rights. Uh, we'll take it from here. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> it's just very fucking ridiculous, man. I, uh, um, I know that people are going to hammer because they're going to say it's no Martin Luther King speech. Beck told his radio listeners on Wednesday. Of course I'm not Martin Luther King. You think I'm Martin Luther King? Uh, no, we don't. Um, and the saddest part about this is if Martin Luther King was alive, you would hate him. You would call him a liberal communist because of his his pro-union policies, because of his idea that we should not be going to war. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are the people who fucking wanted Martin Luther King dead. You are the people that were okay with the dogs and the hoses. You can't wait 40 years and then think you can fool me because it's long enough time has passed. We could come out now. Actually, Martin Luther King would have been on our side. Go fuck yourself. Seriously, go fuck yourself. Um, I'm sorry, oh so important media, that I forgot the date he said in a mocking tone. It's not the date, it's the message. He didn't forget the date. I hope that's not, you know. Uh, Civil rights leaders said they hope Beck won't exploit King's legacy at the site. Of course he did. Um, But the imagery, a crowd listening to a speaker standing in the shadow of Lincoln was certain to draw comparisons. I hope that that's not what he's trying to do. I hope that this is a coincidence, Jealous said. But more than anything, I hope that we haven't chosen this day and this location uh, pushes himself to really honor and unify the legacy of Dr. King. Um, he could have cared less about that. You know, and the, the weirdest part about this is, like, you're saying, uh, this isn't about Martin Luther King. This isn't about um, 
this um, rally, you know, this is a coincidence. Why do you have Martin Luther King's niece at your rally then? That's, that's pulling, true. Pulling, I'm sure she got cut a check. Oh, yeah. And she's pulling the black friend card. It's, hey, this black person is on our side, so... Uh, we're not racist, see? And she's associated with the King family. Yeah, meanwhile, she's probably, you know, she's probably willing to say anything for a check as long as it's, you know, to exploit the Dr. Martin Luther King's legacy. You couldn't get the real Dr. like his, his son. You couldn't oh, get him there. No, you couldn't no. get, you know, you're not going to get that kind. You're not going to get people that actually grew up with him as their father or grew up with Coretta Scott King as their mother to come there and fucking sell out their father's legacy. You're not gonna, it's not gonna happen. No, sir. So, you know, like, I could've went up there and said, my last name King, I'm his neighbor's cousin's ex-wife's dog's friend, mailman's sister's son. And they'd be like, oh shit, yeah, you know Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, We'll accept the applications. You, uh, you okay with saying this shit ain't racist? Yep, okay, well, sign right here. Um, Make that check out the cash. Let's do some funny news, because this shit just pissed me off. No problem. Uh, a German court has found a girl band singer guilty of causing bodily harm to an ex-boyfriend by having unprotected sex with him despite knowing she was infected with HIV, but she won't spend any time in prison. Why? News agency DDP reports that Darmstadt Administrative Court in Thursday handed 28-year-old Nadja Benicia, how do you pronounce that, a two-year suspended sentence after finding the No, the no Angels band member guilty. Benicia helped her case during the nearly two-week trial by acknowledging she had unprotected sex despite knowing she was HIV positive and saying it was a big mistake. I'm an emotional statement. In an emotional statement, she told the court that she was sorry from the bottom of her heart. The man who claimed Benizer affect, infected him said that it, they had a three-month relationship beginning in 2004. I, now, maybe this is just my opinion. I agree here in America. If you know, you know you have sex. You know you have HIV. You know this. Ain't no doubt about this. You done had tests. And you go out and you have unprotected sex with these people and you do not inform them and you do not tell them your ass need to go to jail. Yeah. I'm sorry. You I'm sorry from the bottom of my heart does you not give me my unaffected HIV life back. Yeah. No. You gave that person a death sentence. Yes. You at need the, to go to jail. At the very least, y'all should have to only have sex with each other for the rest of y'all lives. You know what I'm saying? At the very least, this dude should get to hit it anytime he wants. Like, listen, I already got the HIV. It ain't getting no worse. Come on. Uh, <laughs> UK government funds happy endings and program program for sex-starved disabled citizens. Talk about Hot Wheels. Oh, that's <laughs> look at the look at the logo on this thing. It's two wheels. It's a wheelchair. With, like they do the handicap sign. Yeah, yeah, like with the handicap sign with two people on the wheelchair. One is obviously sitting on the lap of the other. Um, the government program designed to enhance the health and well-being of disabled adult British citizens is quite possibly the most absurd nanny state initiative we have discovered, making San Francisco bureaucrats sound like heartless bastards in their ongoing plight to lend a helping hand to needy to the needy masses. The UK's Daily Mail reports that the Freedom of Information request reveals big government bureaucrats in England are using money allocated to putting people first. Uh, a program to ensure disabled citizens receive a fair chance to live out their sexual fantasies, just like everyone else. The scheme includes using taxpayer money, see, money to pay disabled citizens tabs at strip clubs, sexually themed resorts, and for the healing services of prostitutes. Wow. They must be using the prostitutes from Grand Theft Auto. 
Because they give you health points back. Ha ha ha! 100%, you alright, brother. British bureaucrats want disabled citizens to have the best possible quality of life, irrespectful of illness, illness or disability. States an official from putting people first for sure. Uh, the government's healthcare tie-in program has been funded with 520 million, whatever that symbol I'll is. I'll say euros. Yeah. To help disabled citizens retain the maximum dignity and respect. There seem to be no limits to the benefits they can request and receive. <laughs> so, I'm handicapped. I need a hand job. I'm going to go find me a wheelchair for this then. The Daily Mail cited one example of the government empowering a man with a brain injury by prescribing a prostitute as part of a health care plan. According to social workers familiar with this case, the goal was to teach him to become sexually self-reliant. After his wife left him, it took all their money. Well, I mean, if that doesn't deserve a prostitute, I don't know what does. Wow. I'd pay for that. I mean, you complain about your taxes going to places and you're like, oh, my taxes going to this? I'd take a couple dollars to give it to this dude. Uh, engaging in sex with prostitutes has increased his confidence and restored his faith in women, declared social workers familiar with the case. Another disabled beneficiary of big government's helping hand was flown to Amsterdam at the taxpayer's expense to have sex with the prostitute because he was deemed a frustrated virgin by his social worker. Foreign prostitutes, especially those in Amsterdam, famed red light district, are regarded by British social workers as being safer than those in the UK. Wow. If you're questioning the logic behind putting people first programs effort to grant happy endings to all participants in this sort of fairy tale, it's all about protecting the human rights of citizens most vulnerable to abuse. Says one social worker who routinely enables the dis disabled clients to live out their sexual fantasies. Wouldn't you prefer that when that we can control this, guide him, educate him, support him, understand the process and ultimately end up satisfying his needs in a secure, licensed place? Uh, where he, where his happiness and growth as a person is the most important thing, as a social worker speaking on the condition of an anonymity, refuse refusing to offer him this service would be a violation of his human rights. Wow, what do you think about that? Ah, uh. <laughs> eventually, oh, uh, that's some funny stuff right there, man. And, and and I guess the thing about it is that I, I this story took a twist because I thought well maybe they were talking about. Maybe people that were already in relationships and you know mm. how they have like equipment to help you. I was right. thinking it's more from that standpoint. No, they're getting them hoes. Get you a handicap job. A handy job. Wow, very handy job. <laughs> Many taxpayers will be appalled and offended that the money intended for social care has been used this way. Well, baby, at least they got their own wheels. Yeah, I mean, they. well, no, they're flying them in too, so I guess you can't even do your own travel. Um, it's essential that where public funds are involved, there are some sort of checks and balances in place that prevent money from being wasted in this way. Contrary to Elliot's concerns and those of anyone with morals and values aware of this twisted program, the British government insists putting people first is chock full of values critical to ensuring the disabled lead and maintain purposeful lives. Ensuring older people and people with chronic conditions, disabled people and people with mental health problems have the best quality of life and the <laughs> mental health problems. Damn. Ooh, they helping everybody. I'm it? schizophrenic. All my personalities need some pussy. Um, <laughs> um, the quality of independent living is fundament, funda fundamental to, society, to a socially just society. Um, so I don't know if I believe in that program. It seems like a not necessarily the best use for this money, but mm. 
Now, at the same time, I guarantee it's better than a lot of the program shit is being uh, money's being wasted on. on yeah. So I gotta, I gotta agree with you there. Yeah, I don't think I'm reading this one. That's fine. Uh, there's a nice article about my cousin on ESPN. It's very long, so I'm not gonna read it all. But it just talks about him in contrast with like guys like LeBron and Carmelo Anthony, guys like that, that and how. The billions of dollars that they fight over and have all this, you know, discussion over, how it's kind of like a drop in the bucket for their careers, but how his $12 million contract completely changed his life, changed my aunt's life and his father's life, and how they're able to, you know, get out of debt or, or get a nice house, things like that. A story that you don't really see covered when they talk about how greedy athletes are and shit. That's right. And I really, I really do like how they're saying Anthony's such a good kid and how you know I told people he's humble. He's one of the nicest people I ever know. Oh, he is one of the sweetest dudes, man, you ever really know. And I remember we had him. Everybody like he's so quiet, but honestly, that's his personality. You yeah. know, he's just a really, really laid back, sweet person. Yeah. So it was cool to see him get some recognition. The only yes, thing sir. I don't like is. The article did kind of detract from just him because they tried to paint him as like the anti-LeBron. And I hate when they do shit like that. Just give Anthony his shine. Fuck LeBron. This isn't about him right now. Don't try to paint him as the good dude and LeBron the bad guy. Let's just... It doesn't even matter about them. Anthony is just a great story. Uh, South California, this just in. The L.A. jury ruled that Irvine... Uh, uh, county billionaire Donald Brand does not have to pay additional child support for his adult children. Lawyers for the children, Christy Brand 22 and David Brand 18, have been seeking retroactive child support of $400,000 a month each. Good God. They contended that the out-of-court payments Brand made to their mother when they were youngsters were well below what would have been awarded in a family court. But Brand's attorneys have pointed out that he made four separate agreements with former girlfriend Jennifer McKay, Gold, who's 55, and stuck to each, providing generos generously for the children. Um, and then they got an update. As the verdict was being read in, a, in downtown LA, Christy Brand, 22, interlocked arms with her mother and stared blankly at the jury as the jury decided against her. Her brother, David Brand, flushed red. This is not over, Gold said. My children are doing the right thing, which is to stand up for themselves. Their attorney said they plan on appealing the decision. A family companion shielded the family from photos as they made a beeline out of the courthouse. Brynn said she, Brynn is still expected to continue paying for the child's education to the age of 25. Hell no. The this real, stuff stopped at 18. Where, where they at? The real estate magnate, I don't know what that means, uh, has been present for much of the trial. He was not there Thursday afternoon for the 9-3 verdict. His personal attorney, John Freund, welcomed the decision with a fist pump. Mr. Brin is pleased that the jury listened carefully to both sides and found for him. In court last week, Brin, who's 78, was described, has described his relationship with Gold as a loveless, infrequent romance they never meant to lead to marriage or children. He said he was shocked when he learned Gold had become pregnant for the first time, even more stunned the second time around. Now see, that shit's on you. You keep fucking a bitch that says, I'm having these babies. Your fault. Fool me once, shame on you. You know what I'm saying? So you can't get mad about the fact that she might be a gold digger and her children might grow up to be some little gold diggers too when That's you keep true. popping them off. I felt betrayed because she promised me that she was protected. 
And obviously she wasn't. Yeah, maybe the and first time. You Second were time protected either. Obviously nobody used a condom yes. in this male or female condom. Yeah. Though who was also testified told another story. She said she said Bren, who was not using contraceptive, and she described in detail Bren's preference not to use it either. Bren has an estimated network of tw- net worth of twelve billion and is the 16th in the Forbes magazine's ranking of 400 richest men in America. He rarely grants interviews. So. And, and, my, and my thing about that is this. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Pie check me. But to my understanding, once you turn 18, that stops. Uh, yep. I mean, is there an exception for college or something like that? I don't know. But once you turn 18, that stops. Anyway. Well, I think for college there might be an exception, but... I mean, he made, she made out-of-court deals with this That's dude. right. You know That what? happens all the time. Just because he's a billionaire doesn't mean you can just go change it and take more money that, from him. You know what? In this case, I agree with the rich dude. I, I paid my money. Yep. I, I'm for real. I, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. These damn kids is grown. They need to get their ass out and work like everybody else. This just goes to what I was saying earlier. Like Glenn Beck always says, the white man is... The most oppressed man in society. The law is against him. They're trying to take this billionaire's money because black people get everything. <laughs> now they all trying to get his money. I don't know about the black people taking everything. Oh wait, that was Mexican. One of them minorities trying to get this man's money. One That's of them groups out there is trying to take his money. <laughs> his own children must be Mexican. Uh, Half Mexican. How boys are burned after trying to set can of gasoline on fire. Oh. Oh, they must have succeeded. Two how teenagers were injured after trying to light a plastic container of gasoline on fire with a lighter Friday night. Uh, the container exploded in front of the two boys, ages 12 and 13, at 5.34 p.m. in a backyard on Peter Foreman Drive, causing severe burns to their abdomens and extremities. Both boys were treated at the scene and flown by helicopter to St. Barnaby's Medical Center in Livingston. Investigators say the incident was an accidental explosion, not an act of arson. Why the hell was these kids with gasoline at 12 and 13 years old with a lighter? Do you need to beat kids after this or do you, is the burning alive enough? As a parent, I think I will let you heal. Okay. And then after that, I will beat your ass. Because, <laughs> you know, you're already injured, so I'll go ahead and let you heal. That's I, you know, I go through the process. But after I'm with your ass. If you ever do this again, and I got to continue to pay this copay, <laughs> you know how much you charge me because your stupid ass feel like blowing shit up. Oh, <laughs> uh, Franklin Teen charged with attempted murder, which Karen would attempt to murder her kids. <laughs> I mean, come. I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, you you make a parent's heart drop when they come home and see you stretched out in the backyard because you felt like lighting some stuff up. I'm with you. I'm just joking. Uh, Franklin Teen is facing attempted murder charges after police say he choked and stabbed another man in what may have been just a twenty dollar drug deal. (gasps) A second Franklin teenager also faces a charge in the incident. Mark Hansen, seventeen. Uh, of his, and they put his address, was ordered to hell, was ordered. That ought to be against the law. I'm sorry. You should not be able to put people address. I don't know. I kind of want to know where this motherfucker is. So I can put that uh, on my map quest and do not go. That's true now. Was ordered held on $10,000 bond on Rentham District Court yesterday following his arrest at his home Wednesday. It was a drug deal gone bad, said Hans's attorney. His attorney is saying that? 
What? Uh, what kind of defense is that? That's right. What happened to, I don't know, no comment. He wasn't there. I peaked the fifth. The motherfucker came right out. Yeah, he was selling drugs and shit just got out of control. Oops, was I supposed to say that? Well, you going to jail. Yesterday, police said Matthew Confalone, 19, and they put his address, turned himself in the police and was charged with armed robbery. Wow. James McLaughlin of Norfolk County District Attorney's Office yesterday told Judge Emojine Johnson Smith that Hanson... Had you don't see that name often anymore? No, I don't know. Ooh, that's a real long name. Imogene is like one of them 1950s names. So had choked and stabbed the alleged victim in the eye. Officer Paul Garino said in the report that the alleged victim said Hanson and Cafalone offered to meet him at the Highwood condominium complex to sell twenty dollars worth of marijuana. The victim told police he met Hanson in the condo parking lot, handed Cafalone twenty dollars, got the marijuana, ran back to the car. Uh, the victim said he then felt Hanson wrap his arms around his neck and choke him. The victim said Hanson reached across his face and stabbed him in his right eyelid. Uh, he believed he came in and out of consciousness while being choked out, but did he? But did say he saw a silver object through, thought to be a knife in Hanson's hand when he was running away. The victim said he ran to a nearby friend's condo, got a cloth to wipe his bloody face, told police uh, he went home and told his mother, and who then took him to the police department. Police said they administered first aid, took the victim to Milford Regional Medical Center where he was treated for abrasions, a dental fracture, a fractured nose, a head injury, wound care, and a hand fracture. Ooh. They beat the shit out of him. Yes, sir. They're questioning the victim for $20. They must be on crack. When questioning the victim at the hospital, Garino said that he would not let him see his cell phone. Uh, determining what that there was probable cause for arrest, the officers went to Hanson's home, charged him with assault and battery, assault with intent to commit murder, assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, armed robbery, and armed assault with intent to commit murder. They put the book on his ass. Whoa, they was like, anything we think you broke, we smacking it on you. Question by police, Hanson told officers that he and Confalone plotted to rob the victim and set up a plan to buy two grams of cocaine from the victim. Uh, Mark, <laughs> these motherfuckers came out. They was like, we did it and here's how. Wow. Mark, Why didn't they just do a how-to video? Seriously, we had it on YouTube. Uh, Mark then stated, unfortunately, it did not go as planned. The victim was reluctant to give up the bag of cocaine and began resisting them. At this point, Mark put the victim in a chokehold so Matthew could get away. Um, Hanson told police he choked the victim until he was unconscious and dropped him, caused, caused the victim to fall and hit his head on the curb. Uh, Mark told me he was afraid he killed Jonathan and started to call his phone to see if he was okay. He tried to call the dude's phone. Mark stated he never intended to hurt him, but had resisted. Uh, but he resisted. He had to go in order to get the coke. He had to in order to get the cocaine. So I guess he didn't want to hurt him, but he said, in order to get this coke, I got to hurt you, bruh. Wow. I got a date with Paris Hilton tonight, and I need this cocaine. Ah, Claire, y'all was with her hard. Yeah, man. Uh, this is a scary story, but I'm not reading all of it, but the Georgia Sex Crime Registry has a whole lot of errors in it. Oh. So, pedophiles, feel free to keep on keeping. Wow. Yeah. Um, Trenton, New Jersey, rapist. Had nerve to rape girl in daylight on camera. Come back to the same store later. Just an ignorance. I ain't playing this clip, but... Wow. Actually, it's only a minute long. I'll play it. I'm Carlos Diaz in for Gene Velez Mitchell. Before I even begin this next story, I want to warn you, the video you're about to see is graphic in nature. Tonight, a bizarre twist in a brutal rape and beating 
caught on camera in Trenton, New Jersey. A surveillance camera across the street captured the crime in progress. The tape shows a man walking around, and he sees a 19-year-old woman walking by, and here's what's absolutely shocking. The suspect literally attacks her in broad daylight, overpowers her, drags her behind a parked van, and allegedly rapes her. How about this for Brazen? These store surveillance shots were taken when the suspect returned to the area only about an hour after the raid. The photos are published in a newspaper, and guess who saw them? The suspect! 22-year-old Jonathan Worley called police and said, Hey, I got my picture all over town. I didn't rape anybody. He even came to the police station for a chat. But he never left. They arrested him on the spot. Now, this is Swift Justice. I'm taking your calls right now. one 877 That is a worse rapist than Ben Roethlisberger. Terrible. He is terrible at raping. You are horrible at your job, sir. Prison. Uh, you deserve that, man. This is the last story. Report says almost 100,000 sexual assaults occur in U.S. prisons annually. Who is shot? Or by is that statistic? annually? Maybe it should say an annually. They're missing. The, they added an N in the I didn't YouTube. do a male and female. Come on. I don't know. Uh, report 90,000 inmates sexually victimized. The numbers are staggering. The problem is overwhelming. The government reported Thursday that in the past year, 4.4% of inmates in prison and 3.1% of inmates in jail report being victimized sexually by another inmate or staff member. Oh. According to a study by the... <laughs> that's the worst. That's staff why your ass should not go to jail. Yeah, I always laugh when people oh, say, jail's not bad enough. Oh, besides the anal rape, you mean? Um, all I'm saying is, uh, look, it's one thing to get raped by an inmate, right? But a staff member, I mean, damn, what is it like? Okay, I'm getting raped by the inmate. Help, help, guards. And then the guard comes he's like, I want a piece of that too. Uh, According uh, to a study by the Justice Department Bureau of and Justice. And they figure out what the hell can you do? You already locked up. Yeah. Which is sad, but it's still illegal. According to a study by the Justice Department Bureaus of Justice Statistics, these percentages mean that 88,500 inmates behind bars were the victim of sex crimes nationwide from October 2008 to de December 2009. Other facts revealed in the study. Female inmates were more than twice as likely as male inmates to ex report experienced sexual victimization by another inmate. So the women are the ones getting it in. Yeah, I, now I believe that because a lot, a lot of the girls, you know, they're butchy, so... Just say, hey, you mind. Among inmates who reported victimization by another inmate, 13% of male prison inmates and 19% of male jail inmates said they were victimized within the first 24 hours after being admitted to a corrections facility. In contrast, the figure for women was 4% for prison and jail. So most of these men get raped within a day. These women are only 4%. Uh, so women like to take their time, you know, because you take your time with a woman, you have to romance her, you know, you have to do foreplay, so, you know, it's going to take more than 24 hours. Uh, Pat Nolan, vice president of the Prison Fellowship, said in a statement, he finds the problem is even worse than we thought. Yeah, we thought, so that means, and my thing is that people know that it's a problem, and the thing is that when people go to jail, the truth be told, Everybody wants to write these people off. And they this is not new. This is I not I think everybody shocking. wants to rape these people off. <laughs> a coalition of groups including American Civil <laughs> Civil Liberties Union and the Southern Rapist Convention is oh, Baptist Convention. <laughs> Rapist Convention, what? In issued a letter to Attorney G Eric uh, General Eric Holder uh, earlier this month urging that he approve standards uh, designed to eliminate prison rape. How? 
Uh, Justice Department supposed to Hannah August, who expects to send a proposed rule to the White House. Who are you going to make a rule for inmates? They don't give a fuck. Like, hey, no raping. Cut it out. All right, no problem, boss. Anyway, back to raping. We are working diligently to implement these standards as soon as possible. Tens of thousands of rapes occurring in America's prisons each year. Sexual victimization is one of the many ills of the current prison system. The actual number of rapes that occur in prison are sure to be much higher as countless numbers of assaults undoubtedly go unreported. Of course. So these people are raping people in prison. Glenn Beck is raping Dr. Martin Luther King's legacy. Ben Roethlisberger is starting tonight on the Steelers game. It's rape all over the place. Wow. It's a raping world we live in. That's a lot going on right there to handle. Well, speaking of rape, we managed to make a two-hour show out of nothing. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Go Team Venture. Yes. Uh, Alright, guys. So, uh, make sure you uh, uh, click on this shit because I did this whole show with a headache and probably a hangover. I'm not sure if that's a hangover or not. I don't get them often. But uh, make sure you download this shit. Make sure you down, uh, donate to the podcast. Go to the blackoutist.blogspot.com or go to the Podomatic page and, you know, give us a couple of dollars. You know, we're doing this for you. Um, fighting through this alcohol. Talking to Time Warner at 3 in the morning. This is for you, okay? This ain't for me. <laughs> Uh, but thank you guys uh, for all the responses and yeah, uh, we love you guys. Thank you for all the comments. Thank you for all the emails. They really do mean a lot, and so that's why we take the time to read each and every one of them. So this is kind of our fan interaction. We thank you guys. Yep. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'm Say Dad again. That is in D A T. And I love you. I love you too. Mwah. Mwah. Till it's bright out Oh, just another lonely night Are you willing to sacrifice your life? Bitch, I'm a monster, no good blood sucker Fat motherfucker, now look who's in trouble As you run through my jungles, all you hear is rumbles Kanye West samples, here's one for example Gossip, gossip, nigga, just stop it Everybody know I'm a motherfucking monster I'ma need to see your fucking hands at the concert I'ma need to see your fucking hands at the concert Profit, profit, nigga, I got it Everybody know I'm a motherfucking monster I'ma need to see your fucking hands at the concert I'ma need to see your fucking hands uh, The best living or dead, hands down, huh? Let's talk more here right now, huh? And my eyes more red than the devil is And I'm about to take it to another level, bitch Then who you going get? Ain't nobody cold as this Do the rap and the track, triple double no assist And my only focus is staying on some bogus shit Arguing with my older bitch, acting like I owe a shit I heard the beat, the same raps that gave the track pain Bought the chain that always give me back pain Fucking up my money, so yeah, I had to act same Shy nigga, but these hoes love my act same She came up to me and said, this the number two dial If you wanna make it number one, you're number two Top of this, so mommy best advice is just to get on top of this. Have you ever had sex with a pharaoh? I put the pussy in a sarcophagus. Now she claiming that I bruise her esophagus. Head of the class, and she just want a scholarship. I'm living in the future, so the presence is my past. My presence is a present, kiss my ass. Gosh, gosh, 
Godzilla, King Kong, Loch Ness, Goblin, Ghoul, a zombie with no conscience. Question, what do these things all have in common? Everybody knows I'm a motherfucking monster. Conquer.